0: You are listening to the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Coming to you virtually live from high atop the historic Raleigh building in beautiful downtown Raleigh. The NCFNB takes the listener behind the scenes to tell the stories of the people that contribute to the creation of the food and beverage community of North Carolina. And now, the misfits in the dish pit. The faces of the front. They are Max Trujillo and Matthew Weiss.
1: Hello, and thank you for listening to the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. I am your co-host, Max Trujillo. Today, we are going to speak with a numerous amount of chefs that are all competing in the 2019 NCRLA Chef Showdown. That is coming Monday, September 30th from 6 o'clock to 830 at Angus Barnes Bay 7 in Durham, North Carolina. It's going to be so much fun. And leading up to it, we've had regional competitions all over the state to ultimately come down to a select few of chefs that are all vying for the title of the best chef in North Carolina. So, Without further ado, we're going to start off with Kyle Tears, the executive sous chef at the Whiskey Kitchen, just around the corner from the old kitchen here, where we recorded this podcast. From there, we'll move on and speak with other chefs in anticipation of the event. If you're looking for tickets, check our show notes and click the link on this episode, as well as go into our website or check any of our social media at NCFB Pod. And while you're doing something for yourself, do something for us. Will you write us a review on iTunes? iTunes is the best place for reviews to be written. Because that's the biggest audience, and the more reviews that you write, the more people can find us. The more reviews, the more visible we see. It's all that search engine stuff. So please write us a review, and hopefully, it's positive. Although, if it's constructive, that could be cool too. Like, tell Max to shut his trap a little bit. I got it. Word, heard. We oui, Chef. On with the show. All right, well, with me for the 2019 NCRLA Chef Showdown is executive sous chef of the Whiskey Kitchen, Mr. Kyle Tears. Hello.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Pretty good, man. We uh, we did this great two-part episode on the Whiskey Kitchen a couple months ago, but we did not have anyone represent in the kitchen, so I am really excited to have you here because uh, you are about to throw down at the Chef Showdown. So first off, let's get to know you a little bit and why we should be rooting for you, if at all. You're you're originally from Asheville, is that correct? Yeah. And how long had it taken you to uh, finally make your way over to uh, Raleigh? How long have you been here?
2: I've been in Raleigh for right about two years now. You know, I, I love Asheville. Uh, I miss the mountains every day. But um, I traveled around the southeast a little bit, kind of figuring out where I wanted to go to next. And it's funny, I'd never actually been to Raleigh before. And when I visited here, it just was like the place I wanted to be. You know, the food scene was is still up and coming. Yeah. There's so many possibilities for a city it felt like a big town which was a little more comfortable for me so
1: it's a cool spot we're happy to have you here and uh, so with that what um, I guess for people that are going to be coming to the event describe your cooking style like what what makes you uh, tick when you're in the kitchen
2: I really like to draw from what what Carolina cooking is and a little bit more than just your typical like whole hall barbecue like we all love it. It's the kind of staple. Um, you know, North Carolina does it best, obviously. But it was more than that. There's other dishes that aren't very well known that I feel like deserve the spotlight. Try to bring out some of these older um, dishes and cooking techniques and mindset, and make them a little more you know popular, and people feel comfortable eating them.
1: Such as, like, give me a good example.
2: All right, so, like, uh, right now on our menu, we have uh, two things that I'm really happy with. Um, one is called uh, Three Sisters Salad. So you've got, you know, like Miracle and your Holy Trinity. These are staples, you know, blends of three different um, vegetables. Well, the you know, in Carolina, the Cherokee Indians, they have one called Three Sisters, and it's corn, beans, and squash. And they're, it's a wonderful combination of, you know, uh, vegetables. And so I turned that into, you know, a salad and was using, you know, mulberries when they were in season and stuff like that.
1: I didn't I've never heard of that before so that's cool so are you kind of a, a North Carolina food historian in a, in a way
2: I never thought of myself that way what I was talking to uh, servers you know a couple of weeks ago and just you know about different things and new menu items and you know one of them mentioned like like how do you know so much history about food and I was like well this is my passion you know you know as a chef I don't want to just make dishes out of someone else's cookbook, like it's part of my responsibility to really get into the, the nitty gritty and the, the history and where the food came from originally. And I think that it's important because then you're not just putting your heart and soul into it, you're understanding the people before you and what they were you know, doing. So it's more than just ingredients. It's also just a mentality of, you know, this is that dish. This is its history. I love that.
1: How, uh, how are you the one that got selected in here? You have a big team of, of chefs back there. Were you, are you the most competitive of all of them?
2: I would say so, yes. And also, there's a little bit of a desire for me to, to represent Raleigh. I'm not from here, but um, fell in love with this town and really wanted to kind of show up the rest of the state that have incredible food programs. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, see what Raleigh can do. Yeah, and I am very competitive, and also it's just like it. Just when someone reached out and I filled out the application and they said that I was accepted, it was like, all right, you know, let's fucking get it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Are you going? Are you willing to give away a little bit of your uh, secrets today and let us let us inside of what you may be preparing?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So there was uh, some restrictions. Um, I had a dish planned, and I was told by the uh, the the head honcho that I wasn't allowed to do it. Ooh,
1: controversy!
2: Right, which was a great, which was a great little curveball at the last minute. But uh, you know, me and my my sous chef that I'm working with, you know, we pivoted real quickly and went with seafood, and that's not something I typically do because we're not on the coast. But I thought it was an opportunity because most people are probably going to be doing a pork base or maybe a beef base dish. How many are going to do seafood? So I went ahead and switched over to that. And then when I was thinking about it, I didn't want to do more common things. I liked the the odd the oddballs. And so when I was picking a fish, I was like, "Let's go with cobia." And funny enough, its other name is Prodigal Son. Me being a, a chef and uh, the line of work I do, my father is actually a uh, Southern Baptist pastor. So there's a little bit of an inside <laughs> humor joke when uh, I was picking a fish named the Prodigal Son.
1: <laughs> nice. Have you been in competitions before is this Is this new to you?
2: Uh, I have been in competitions before, not this one or this exact style. So there are a lot of new elements for for sure, and then there's some that feel like I've done it before. like you know the thought process going into it is kind of like making a menu item, but then getting to the spot and executing within a short amount of time is like. How much of it is pre-done and prepped and planned? And then how much are you doing it on site like a quick fire? So it's a combination that I haven't done before, which is really interesting.
1: It's going to be exciting. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you. Remember everybody, if you are interested in going, remember this is the 2019 NCRLA Chef Showdown. It's Monday, September 30th, the day after my birthday, from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the Angus Barnes Bay 7 in Durham. So... It's not Angus Barn. It's Bay 7 in Durham. I wonder if any chef will show up at the Angus Barn by accident. That would be interesting. <laughs> Don't be that person. Right. <laughs> like, uh, I'm, here to, uh, I'm here to make some food. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. Can I just step over here?
1: <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, that's great, man. Well, I look forward to seeing you there uh, and meeting you in person as well. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds great. I have with me today Miss Ty Whitaker, the pastry chef of Buttermilk Boutique in Clayton, North Carolina. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you excited to have you on. You're a new person on the show. We've interviewed everyone across the land in North Carolina, and we've yet to have you on, so we're excited, and specifically talking about sweets in the angle of the competition at the Chef Showdown. So let's get into it right there. I looked yeah. into your bio. It looked like you uh, spent some
3: time up in Boston. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I... um Moved there back in 2010 to get my master's degree in gastronomy from Boston University.
1: That's awesome. And not a common thing that I hear very often, a master's degree in gastronomy. What are you learning? Like, what did you learn with a a master's in gastronomy?
3: So, I mean, a ton of things, but I mean, the short version is it's the study of food and culture. So, I took classes ranging from uh, food and anthropology, uh, making pastillage, uh baking culinary classes that's where i actually got um a lot of my training on at least a lot of the beginning of my training um i mean a little bit of everything learning about wedding cakes learning about business adventures and food and learning about the history of food and so it was all comprehensive and um a really great time met some really great people there it was a program started by um shaq pepin and julia child and um it's been a godsend at least for me and for everyone else i went to school with
1: i think i've heard of those two chefs before yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah please tell me
1: that you're not a patriots fan
3: so <laughs> so i am a citizen of the world because my dad was in the Air Force, so I, I pick and choose. But I I got to tell you, I do love me some Patriots, and that oh. was even before, that was even before I moved to Boston. I had a love for them back when I lived in Texas, so so a little bit.
1: Well, that begs the question. You're in this competition for the NCRLA 2019 Chef Showdown. Are you going to cheat just like the Patriots cheat? Are you going to deflate? Are you going to dull some knives or maybe put some sugar where the salt was supposed to be? These are all tactics I know that Tom Brady would do if he was a chef in a competition.
3: No, no, we got skills over here to pay the bills. No need to cheat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. Now, in school, when you're learning, um, you got to figure out which road you're going to go down. You chose to go down the the sweet route, right, rather than the savory, and kind of focused your efforts more on being a pastry chef. Like you said before, you mentioned wedding cakes. And from there, you've spent a lot of time designing and working for. Some prolific wedding cake designers, which is not an easy feat. I've watched nailed it a few times. I know how bad that can be. <laughs> but so so where where was that in your mindset when making that decision of of kind of going more on the sweet side on the on the dessert side?
3: Well, I mean I come from a long line of bakers. So my great-grandmother and both grandmothers from my mother and my father's side. We're both avid bakers for for the family, as well as for the church. And so I really got my beginning there when I could reach the stove. And that's where my love of uh, cakes and all things sweet came from. All the women in my family have a sweet tooth. So I'm just following the lineage. So I believe you're squaring off
1: against five contestants. You've got Gerald Hawkins at the Gaston Country Club. You have Ryan Stipp from the Omni Grove Park Inn. Mary Jane Wilson. Of Amelie's French Bakeries. And then later today, I'm speaking with Jamie Turner over at Earl's Grocery and Soul Food Sessions. So you got your work cut out for you. What are you focusing on? What, what are you thinking of, of preparing? Are you, are you at liberty to discuss what you are going
3: to prepare? Oh, no, definitely. I mean, we've already had regional rounds. So everyone's <laughs> cards are all on the table. So um, I love dessert. And so I kind of always go back to my childhood. Um, I'm preparing a corn pudding, but not in the way that you might think. Um, I'm doing mm-hmm. a uh, corn pudding dessert. It's shaped like an ear of corn. Um, it's gonna have a corn diplomat cream, a sweet corn and buttermilk cake. And then it's gonna have a sweet corn that's been dehydrated, and I combine it with some Goodnight Brothers bacon fat. Um, right here from North Carolina. Mm. And I made a streusel with that. I covered that shell in white chocolate from Vidari right there in Raleigh. And then um, oh, yeah. I made a conviction bourbon caramel and a salted butter ice cream using some OBX sea salt. And so um, for the regionals, I got a chance to showcase it in a cast iron skillet. And so I'm gonna do something similar um for the September 30th finale event and i'm just i'm super excited about it um i don't think the judges were expecting it i'm hoping that the guests aren't um expecting it and and just to wow some folks that sounds awesome i love
1: when somebody folds in different types of flavors of the same ingredient like you're doing multiple versions of the corn folding in just to kind of extrapolate all that flavor on top of itself. That's one of my favorite techniques. I am so excited and curious as to how that's going to taste. Talk to me a little bit about what you're doing now with uh, Buttermilk Boutique and how, like, where can we find you and what, what does that mean?
3: So, um, like I said, right now, Buttermilk Boutique is home-based, but it has been since 2014. So I've done a lot of word of mouth up until now, just because I've always had a full-time job as a pastry chef somewhere else, like at a restaurant mm-hmm. or at a country yeah. club. And so I do a lot of promotions on Instagram. I have the website, buttermilkboutique.com, um, and really what we're planning on doing now is getting ready to... Hopefully open up a brick and mortar in the next year, uh, year and a half or so. Um, my husband and I are both chefs and we're looking to take that big leap. And so that's cool. um, Clayton, if you can hear me, we're looking for a space.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, Clayton's pretty cool and it's up and coming. That's a that's a really good spot. I bet we could help you find some people. And you know, if you win this whole thing, you'll be the uh, crown jewel of Clayton. So, that's a that's a pretty awesome uh, aspect to have. I I do want to add, I love the the entrepreneurial aspect of home like creating a home kitchen, home baking. We've had previous guests on the show though, that have started their business out of their home. And that's something that's somewhat unique to North Carolina, where you are allowed to zone your home kitchen uh, for commercial use. It's got to you know be regulated, but that's fine. And yes. it's a simple adjustment. Um, but I love that it inspires business. It inspires creativity and it definitely pushes forward um, the, the food movement of North Carolina. So so cool that you're doing that. Um, I'm going to have to introduce you to some cool friends of mine that would will definitely help you out in that realm.
3: Oh, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, we're excited. Uh, everybody's excited to taste your food along with everybody else's. So, again, for those that are planning to come, if you are trying to get a ticket, you need to go to ncrla.com or ncrla.org. You can Google search simply the NCRLA Chef Showdown. Tickets are available. It's it's Monday, September 30th. That's the day after my birthday, just so you all know, at 6 p.m. And uh, it's at not the Angus Barn, but the Angus Barn's Bay 7 in Durham. And that is a really cool spot. It's like... A mixture of classic Durham, the old tobacco road area, kind of mixed in with modern. It's right near the Durham Bulls Stadium. So get your tickets. Check it out. You're going to drink. You're going to eat. You're going to eat sweets. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, we'll be cheering you on, Ty. Thanks again.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: We are continuing our conversation about the NCRLA 2019 Chef Showdown. And with me on the phone is Chef Brandon Shepard. He's been a former guest of the show. We love having him around. Uh, Brandon, hello.
0: Hey, how you doing, man?
1: (laughs) Doing great, man. Uh, Brandon, you're out there on the coast, Emerald Isle area. You own and operate Urban Street Eats Food Truck. You're also running the Nourish Juice Bar and Cafe out there on the coast. And then you're opening up a new barbecue place as well. Is that right?
0: Uh yes sir, yes sir. Uh hopefully we should be open around October for that one. So we got our hands in uh quite a few different pots there. <laughs>
1: yeah, you do. So uh and, and it's what's it called? It's called Heritage Barbecue, is that right?
0: Uh yes sir, Heritage Barbecue. It's a uh spot we're opening up. It's kinda I guess if you had to name it, it'd be I guess international barbecue. The whole concept was kinda came up from basically tied here in the whole traditional you know that's not barbecue this is and i mean when you really look at the whole situation from around the globe you got different areas that do barbecue whether you know it's kalua pork or it's you know uh barbacoa and things like that yeah just kind of wanted to celebrate each one of those aspects so
1: that's cool man yeah i think We've been talking about barbecue a lot on some recent podcasts, and I think we're starting to understand, especially in North Carolina, that we're not all just a eastern, you know, uh, eastern vinegar based barbecue place. That we're kind exactly. of expanding yeah, our our horizons, which is a good thing because we shouldn't have rules on what we're going to do. We should just be making the one rule is just make it delicious, right?
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Very cool. So, all right. So, you are participating in the chef showdown. You've been in it a couple times, so now you've done regionals, and you uh, you passed through the regionals. It was cool. You, you were in town. You were looking for a place to get your hands on some deep fryers, so uh, you were able to come over to Y Hill Kitchen where I, where I consult and let you get in there for the regionals. So I hope that helped out.
0: <laughs> it, it helped more than you would know. I mean, uh, I, I guess the whole situation was kind of crazy for us. <clears throat> we had everything lined up. And one after another, everything just kept going wrong. I mean, guys were running out of things. We'd go to go pick up orders, and it was like, oh, you know, we we actually ran out. So everything was falling apart pretty much. And I, (laughs) one of the key components of my dish was actually the frying item, and they wouldn't let us do it on site. So I was trying to figure out different ways I can do it. And the last minute I call you up and thank God you said yes. I mean, it, it really saved us. I mean, because we literally had to go from Emerald Isle. We drove down to Joyce Farms and Winston-Salem. Then we had to head over to Burlington to hand pottery to go pick up our plates. And then we had to come straight to you guys and start, you know, knocking out the kitchen.
1: Oh, my God. And thankfully,
0: look- I mean, that worked out for us because, I mean, and your kitchen staff, I can't say enough about. They were amazing. They helped us out in many different ways and it actually cool. was the key reason we actually had something on the plate because i mean like i said if it wasn't for you guys that probably wouldn't have worked out for us
1: well i'm glad we could help man that's uh that's what we try to do we try to help out the uh food and beverage community uh in any way we possibly can and putting some things in a deep fryer is uh one way i guess
0: but, <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh so explain what you're going to be cooking for uh, for the finals. What what what's your plan?
0: Uh my plan for the finals is actually a tribute dish to Leah Chase. Uh the the kind of reasons behind that was uh it, it's kind of tells not only you know basically saying thanks for, you know, everything she's done cuz she's been a huge pillar in the culinary industry. But by coming into my own, I had to find my own culture, my own heritage, and just try to figure out, you know, who I was as a cook. And that was one of the key people that I actually kind of turned to and and started to kind of almost develop a style. And uh, the, the thing was with that, I was actually supposed to go out and fly to New Orleans to go meet her for the first time had it set up and everything, and of course, work gets in the way. And shortly after that, we all know she unfortunately passed away, which was a huge blow. And uh, so it was just kind of a thank you dish. And and so uh, basically what we're doing is uh, gumbos of herb with uh, fried chicken. And the reason with that is her saying was, you know, her dining room and her kitchen kind of changed the course of America over a bowl of gumbo and uh, fried chicken because the Freedom Riders actually used to go out to her restaurant and they'd all eat, get together, and plan. And basically a lot of civil rights activities went down over there. And that was one of the main things they would eat well over there. So we figured a perfect tribute would probably be that. So we kind of elevated it and changed it up a little bit, but still kept the key main components. And hopefully it would, you know, kind of do a proud
1: that's cool man oh that's gonna be awesome i can't wait to try it how long are you gonna be when are you gonna get started on that rue <laughs>
2: that's gonna <to> take a <laughs> while right uh,
0: you better be starting it right now yeah well basically yeah, the the key thing for this go-around is to get everything started as soon as possible because we have a, a kind of a, a history of I don't know. As you can see from the last one, things kind of falling apart. So we'll definitely get on as soon as possible.
1: <laughs> that's cool. Well, uh, I'll let you go. We're gonna get excited for uh, for everyone to compete. Um, we look forward to trying all of your food. and uh, And if you listeners, if you guys haven't headed out to Emerald Isle, that's where you got to go. That's where you got to check out Nourish. Uh, it's a juice bar out there that you're running, and then Urban Street Eats. What give an example real quick before we go. What kind of food is on the uh, food truck for Urban Street Eats? What are you you putting
0: out? Uh, The food truck is uh, international street food that's kind of been a a big thing for us. So, I mean, you can get anything from bond meat sandwiches to Cuban sandwiches. We have uh, Korean barbecue tacos, jerk chicken tacos. Mm. Uh, We have different kind of rice balls with pork belly and just Almost anything you can
1: think of. That sounds awesome. Well, uh, well, very cool, man, uh, Chef. Always good to hear from you, and I, you know, wish you good luck. We'll see how you uh, how you fare in the competition. Uh, for those that want right, to go, right, uh, keep in mind it's uh, September 30th from six to nine in Durham. It's at Bay Seven Angus Barnes, Bay Seven. Don't go to Angus Barn. Go to Durham, or else you'll be standing around. No one will be there. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll see everybody there September 30th. Take care and uh, all right man so we're out i'll uh, i'll talk with you soon and uh yeah i guess i'll just see you uh at the competition
0: all right yes sir i appreciate it man.
1: and this is going to be edited and put out this thursday just so you know so i'll, I'll tag all you right. in some stuff
0: but, All right, appreciate that
1: cool man talk to you soon
0: all right later Hello everyone, we are
1: back. This is once again Max Trujillo and I have the pleasure of speaking to Amanda Azelle from Azell's Catering in Warsaw, North Carolina. First off, Amanda, where the heck is Warsaw, North Carolina?
4: So the best way for me to explain where we are located, um, we're an hour from every major city um, east of Raleigh. So we're halfway between Raleigh and Wilmington. 45 minutes from Goldsboro, 45 minutes to an hour from Jacksonville, an hour from Fayetteville. Uh, we're kind of right in the
1: middle of all the major cities. Yeah, so oh, you're a little south of Raleigh. And, Correct. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, well, very cool. So you are now, you were in the Chef Showdown for 2019, the NCRLA, and you won your regionals, and now you're going to be in the finals, which are. On September thirtieth at Bay Seven, which is a uh, an Angus Barn location in Durham. So, tell me a little bit about uh, what you're doing. You're the chef at a catering company, but what does that mean? What kind of food are you? Uh, do you typically like to cook?
4: I am the chef at a um, catering company, is LLC, and we also have a food truck. I would probably say that our food is Southern American but we do venture out sometimes we'll get phone calls for more international style foods and um, I will dabble in a few different uh, styles of cooking Um, when I was in culinary school I did more of the French style cooking so I know a lot about sauces and um, herbs and flavorings and how to pair things Um, but Uh, Growing up in the South uh, with my my grandmother, who was a mother of nine, and uh, having the opportunity to work in the kitchen with her and learn about Southern cooking and feeding large crowds, I just kind of fell in love with the the Southern way. Um, And I I try to keep my food true to my roots. And, And the reason why we named our food truck Something Good is because when you talk about Wanting to go out to eat, most of the time you say, I just want something good to eat.
1: <laughs> right.
4: Unless you've really got a hankering for something in particular, you just want a good meal. And we, we try to, to meet up with that expectation, our diners and our um, catering client.
1: Yeah. So, what, uh, so what's something good you're about to prepare for us uh, at the event?
4: At the NCRLA showdown, because I'm down here in uh, Muscadine country, mm. we're close to Deepland Winery. I actually worked there for a year out of culinary school. I decided that I wanted to feature muscadine grapes. And because pimento cheese is definitely a southern staple, I have decided to pair the, um, the muscadines with the pimento cheese and uh, candied peppers. So I'm actually making a candied pepper and mustardine pimento cheese, and I'm going to serve it on a southern fried lacy cornbread. So it's not a cake cornbread, but it is a um, cornmeal mixture that is mixed with water, and then is fried in super hot grease in a cast iron skillet. So the edges of the the cornbread get crunchy and lacy, almost like a doily. And the inside is uh, has more substance to it, so it's thicker and a little bit more tender. Wow,
1: I, I can't imagine a more North Carolina type of <laughs> dish than cornbread with muscadines and pimento cheese. It's like you you literally embodied the entire state in one bite.
4: Well, I hope we did. I, I wanted to. I wanted to do something that was familiar to the, the people who would be attending the um, the showdown and something that would keep it true to my roots um, and, and be southern through and Peru.
1: That's really cool. Well, I look forward to tasting it. Um, yeah, and we're going to be trying cocktails. We're going to be trying desserts. We're going to be trying, obviously, all the savory dishes. It's going to be a good time. I once was a contestant in the bar category. I did not win, but that's fine. I'm not bitter. <laughs> I'm not bitter it at all. It matters. I don't talk about it, it all the time.
4: Right. Have the experience of being there and the opportunity to step up your game, interacting with the, the others that were there preparing their, their, their cocktails. So that's, that's kind of what I've looked forward to and enjoyed about this. I've had the opportunity to think outside of the box and think, how can I up what I do to be able to compete with those around me?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's just been fun. It's exciting. Well, I, I, I look forward to tasting your food and seeing you there along with everybody else. Anyhow, Amanda, it was a pleasure speaking with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much. I'm
5: looking
4: forward to you as well.
1: All right. Take care. Last but not least, we have Jamie Turner, the pastry chef at Earl's Grocery in Charlotte and Soul Food Sessions. It looks like you are driving right now. What's going on?
5: Oh yeah, I'm I'm a passenger in the car. Me um, <laughs> and my 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 partner, Chef Michael Bowling, we on our way to cook at the Beard House on Friday the 13th.
1: Oh no way! Ooh spooky! That sounds awesome. At the Beard House. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. The James Beard House, of course, everybody up there in New York. So you're you've got a pretty good drive to go.
5: Yeah, yeah. We're we're in Virginia right now. <laughs> oh, my wait.
1: gosh. That's super exciting. Have you cooked at the Beard House before?
5: No, this will be my first time. And um, with our group Soul Food Sessions, I believe it's all of our first time.
1: Wow. Now, I've never cooked yeah. there, nor do I expect anyone to invite me to cook there. But I've heard tale that it is a super tiny kitchen and you got to make do with some cramped quarters.
5: Yes, yes. I've heard from other colleagues in the industry that, yeah, I've seen pictures of the workspace. So I dropped a couple pounds. Uh, <laughs> so that <I> could <laughs>
1: That's awesome. Well, hopefully you can like pack on the pounds with some really good food there, too, because man, oh, definitely. <laughs> I just want to be an employee of the James Beard house just so I can sit in my uh, from my desk and just let chefs come to me from all over the land and cook. That sounds ideal.
5: That does, doesn't it, though? It really does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm glad that you're on the phone. You are the last person I'm going to interview before tomorrow's episode goes out. It's about 3 o'clock on a Wednesday. If anyone's listening to the show right now, uh, I'm releasing it Thursday morning, so... This is uh, you are the last contestant, at least on the show. Uh, though there are many other people that I didn't get to, just as I was kind of kidding around, it would be like a Joe Rogan three-hour podcast if I interviewed everyone. So oh, no. consider yourself lucky. No, I do I do? <laughs> uh, I I I did kind of just select a few people that, not for any preferential treatment or anything. I just thought, hmm, I would love to know what makes them tick or, or what they're doing. So, um, so th- Jamie, you were somebody that I was very interested in speaking with. Uh, so you, you do cook, uh, at Earl's grocery as well. Is that correct? Out in Charlotte?
5: I do. yep, I've been there for about a year and a half now.
1: So did you have the, uh, the pleasure of working with Mark Jacksina?
5: Yes, of course. Mark Jacksina.
1: Yeah, obviously <laughs> that guy. Previous guest of the show, he obviously is the host of Order Fire out in Charlotte and does an excellent job out there. One of the storytellers of the food and beverage industry, so we love me some Mark, Mark Jacksina as well. I, I imagine that must have been interesting working with that guy.
5: It was actually uh, an awakening to like what kitchen culture and conversation could really be. Like oh. it, it's been, it, it was the first kitchen where we were able to have talks about race and politics and all the things like you're not supposed to talk about. But we all like on a totally human level were able to grow from the conversations having. Like kind of, cool. you know. And Mark Jackson would be the ringleader and the conversation starter, and it was just amazing working well. with him for about a about a year
1: no wonder why he does such an excellent job. If anybody hasn't listened or actually watched Order Fire, check it out cuz uh I think it's orderfire.com or at least just google search order fire Charlotte. There are some great videos of chef stories everybody uh doing some excellent work in North Carolina. So um but I digress. Let's talk about the Chef Showdown. You are I mean, look at you! You're you're doing everything right now. You're going to James Beard's, then you're going to come back on September 30th to compete in Durham uh, yeah. with the NCRLA. So, how did you get connected? Why, why are you in the in the event?
5: Well, it's actually kind of a cool story. Um, this year has been like an awesome year, uh, just with uh, events that I, you know, I'm working at Earl's, but I'm also part of Soul Food Sessions, and so. Being a part of Soul Food Sessions, I get to be a part of a lot of cool events.
1: Yeah, what is Soul Food Sessions?
5: Well, Soul Food Sessions is a collaborative group of African American chefs that got together about two and a half years ago now, and we did our first dinner. We uh, did it. We just wanted to get together, do a dinner for charity, and highlight uh, minorities in the industry. Right. Yeah. So uh, you know, it wasn't just the same tattooed, bearded chef that you see on all the covers we want to do dinner give all the money to charity but just highlight what what we that we're here in the industry so that turned into many many events later now going to the beard house so that's what soul Food sessions is and it was actually on two separate events i was with i, I did sensoria as well as um the pcg symposium lunch where I hand-rolled my own puff pastry that day. I hand-laminated my own puff pastry that day. And Heidi came up to me, and she was just like, have you seen this flyer? Like, You know, and she just was like, you got to apply. And that's how I ended up in the competition, just by connecting with Heidi and two events that I got to do.
1: That's really cool. I assume uh, Greg Collier (laughs) is a part of all of this?
5: Greg Collier is one of the founding members, yes.
1: So were you on that famed Instagram post he put up where everybody jumped in where he was was talking about what's the difference between southern food and soul food? Uh, He tagged a bunch of chefs on there. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it started quite a great conversation and a ton of different points of view. I I guess uh, whether you were on it or not, uh, what's your take? What is the difference between southern food and soul food? Well... (laughs) <laughs> you' look I can see you Anna you're looking over to your left for assistance over there you can say whatever you want how about this how about i I could start because i I have an opinion on this okay. and somebody like said to me that I was being almost uh not necessarily racist but like bringing up race too much and this is what this is my take I said I believe uh southern food is food cooked in the south that comes for, like so it's for one it's regional for two it is food that is represented by multiple cultures that have been passed down through generations that could be cooked by any person living in the South. Conversely, I believe soul food is African-American. I think that it's food that has been of African-American roots and preferably, not preferably, I think it actually has to be cooked by an African-American person. And I think that that's the idea of soul food. I don't know how you, if you agree or not.
5: I mean, I'm along the same lines as you, you know, for me, I kind of have to answer it coming from like, personally, for me, for, for, um, when I think of soul food, I think of taking it back to your heritage, right? And so Southern heritage versus the typical or not typical, because we're surpassing the typical with soul concessions, but basically going deeper go like one of our dinners was the diaspora you know like literally going all the way back to africa bringing those elements into our dishes so when i think of soul food it's incorporating your soul like not like not a pun intended because you're going deeper and deeper into roots so there's not those roots as deep in so i think i think Soul food takes Southern food that much deeper because you can take the roots back all the way, all the way to Africa.
1: Well, and I think, you know, with that same story, we've, I've had Oscar Diaz. He's a, a, a fellow, you know, he's a semi-finalist in the James Beard Awards, but he's me- of Mexican descent. And even I am of part Mexican descent as well. And you could be uh, a Latino, whether you're from Cuba or Puerto Rico Mexico, wherever, you know, South America that has deep, deep, like, long roots of living in the South and cook. And so your version of Southern food is, is your version. But there's there are so many different ethnicities that make up the South. But of course, big ones that come to mind, it's usually white and black. And it's like, that's kind of the, the, the parallel. But there's so many different things happening here. I think it would be odd if Oscar or myself would start cooking and we're like, yeah, this is, I'm doing soul food. It's like, I think that would be, that would be weird. I think that it's, you can be an excellent chef from the South cooking the exact same collard greens and fried chicken and whatever you want, grits, but you would just call it, you would just call it Southern food.
5: I agree. I agree. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Totally. I, I feel you. Uh,
1: Plus also yeah. like if you, were, if you were a chef that uh, like, let's take you for instance of African-American descent, if you started cooking Chinese food and there uh, if there was a word and maybe there is in the chinese culture that means food from the soul that uh, of, of chinese descent and you started saying that was the food that you made i think chinese people would go hey man uh no no uh,
5: hold on a minute there <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like no you're just you're just cooking old chinese food and you could be cooking it great and it might taste just as good as as you know their grandmothers would have done but it it's still not from the perspective of what uh, maybe you, you should be referencing.
5: Absolutely, and just to just to go back to a, a, something that you said, it, you know, that it was an interesting conversation that sparked different sides of, of the coin and different sides of the conversation. That's what soul food sessions is all about. It's a it's a yeah. family style seating, so you're meeting people that you, you might never meet, you know, and you're and we're starting even when we did uh, a Coca-Cola sponsored us, we went on a three city tour. We had table talkers like that would prompt conversation pieces just like that, where you can have a meal, enjoy a great meal, great music, great atmosphere by these African-American chefs. And then boom, you can have these conversations. I think these conversations are so important to have. And you know what? It's okay to not always, have the right answer and not always agree like i you know what i mean so it's important it's going to move us forward
1: i think we're all over woke it's like we're too woke and it's like maybe we should just be really cool with each other and just say exactly what we mean uh, in the most respectful manner of course if possible without making complete generalizations but be able to just speak and your opinion matters, and even if your opinion doesn't uh, get shared by everybody else's, at least it's being heard. I think that's the most important thing.
5: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah.
1: That's cool. I agree. Well, hey, so moving on, let's talk about the showdown. Let's talk about what you're cooking because I didn't mention at the top you are a pastry chef. So you're you're cook- You're bringing the sweets.
5: I'm bringing the sweets. I'm bringing the sweets <laughs> and the brown butter. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: No, so what are you? Uh, what are you making?
5: So I made a um, apple and pear upside down brown butter book. Now it's a mouthful, something that, you know, I've never really seen in any other book. It's like my brainchild. Um, I'm really excited about it. And um, I, I paired it with a sweet corn ice cream, a white chocolate and popcorn shoot crumble a streak and as well as a honey, pecan, orange tweel.
1: That sounds amazing.
5: Oh, thank you. It's really cool. So what I did is I actually used a spice donut dough. Mace is the main spice in it. Mm -hmm. So it's like this really homey feeling because, you know, mace is actually the main flavor component in animal crackers. And that's what gives it that flavor that is just like, really interesting. Um and like you're like, what is that flavor? You know? So it's spiced donut dough and it's baked upside down with the brown sugar and the apples and pears at the bottom. So it's five little donut holes baked together. And when you flip it out, the apples and pears are all caramelized with the brown butter and brown sugar. And but it's like a little pull apart. So that's what that fun is.
1: That sounds awesome. Well, I'm super excited to try your food, to try everyone's food, to just uh, you know have a night off of not cooking myself and uh, just eating some, some delicious food. You have fun while you're up there. I'll let you go so you can get back, focus in on the road. You got to be the good navigator. Watch for you know radar. Watch for cops. Watch for speed traps. <laughs> right. <laughs> Keep in right. mind, you're in Virginia. They love to give out speeding tickets. I just paid one online.
5: No, we're not supposed to talk about that but Mm. thank you
1: (laughs) (laughs) but uh all right well we will see you soon be safe we'll love to check your instagram out give us a shout what your instagram is so we can see you cooking from uh from the uh james beard house
5: okay so my instagram is jamie's cakes and classes and there's an underscore after each word
1: jamie's underscore cakes underscore and underscore classes all right, well, we look uh, we look forward to seeing you soon, and take care.
5: Thank you. That was so much fun. Yeah, Bye. that was great.
1: See you later. Bye. Well, everybody, that's the show for this week. Thank you all for listening. Keep in mind that the Chef Showdown is going to have many more chefs, bartenders, pastry chefs that aren't on today's episode. It would be like a Joe Rogan episode if we interviewed all of them all because it's quite a bit. But that also means that the event is going to be amazing and filled with so much food and beverage, sweets. Oh, my God. So please join us. You can get tickets by clicking the link on this episode. Go to the show notes or find the link on our Instagram by following us at ncfbpod. And stay tuned next week when we interview Thomas Cuomo, the head chef and owner of Papa Shogun, which just opened up out here in Raleigh. It's very interesting. It's very cool. And Tom himself, is a contestant at the Chef's Showdown. On behalf of my co-host, Matthew Weiss, eat and drink merrily.
0: Thanks for listening to the NCF&B Podcast. And if you've stuck with us this long, review us on iTunes and remember, five stars are encouraged.